and welcome to the Rookies F1 podcast. My name is Chloe. And my name is Rachel. I hate, I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> I have to change it then. <laughs> I we know, are I four... just I can't say it right. I can't say it right. <laughs> we are Formula One fans that know a little and talk a lot. So whilst our technical knowledge may be lacking, we say maybe it is for sure. Our opinions <laughs> certainly aren't. <laughs> so join us as we talk about Formula One and all of the joy as well as pain it brings us. And probably the weather <laughs> as well today. <laughs> because we're going to chat about Monaco. We're going to Monaco to Monaco. We're not Monagoing. We're going to Monaco in our minds. <laughs> If that yes. makes <laughs> mono sense. <laughs> um, so, would have been quick nice. disclaimer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Quick disclaimer before we start. We are recording this on Friday, the 3rd of June. If anything happens between now and Wednesday, the whatever, when this gets released. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry that we can't read the future. But anyway... Life's been pretty busy. It's been a hot minute. Um, it has. It has. We will chat about Monaco and everything that happened. The vast amount that happened. <laughs> yeah. More. You know what? I need to. I need to apologise. I need to apologise to Monaco, honestly, because I said it was going to be super boring and terrible and it wasn't but it probably will be next year if it's still on the calendar sorry monaco i will only properly enjoy you if you invite me and we're going to look back at baku as well because this weekend baku at baku he's baku and we love baku Baku. (laughs) we do love baku i baku's a bit it's so mad that it's like monaco and then Baku. Like you have what is normally the worst race on the calendar next to what is normally one of the best. Mad. Also, if anyone's selling a Silverstone ticket, hit me up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Please do. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Monaco. So, free practices. Yeah. Few things. Few things happened. We had FP1, we had blooming Mick Schumacher on the radio, something wrong with my gearbox, so he tries to get back into the pit lane and ends up blocking the pit lane entrance. So then you've got the case of it's a red flag, but no one can get back to the pits for the red flag. Well done, Mick. (laughs) Love that. (laughs) Also, once again, Valtteri Bottas got no running in FP1. It's happened a few times this season. I mean, it's not hindering him hugely, but it's not super helpful. Uh, no, it's not, especially a track like Monaco. Oh, God. You need all the running you can get. So, yeah, sort, sort yourselves out, Alpha. We had um, one red flag in FP2 which was Danny Rick, Daniel Ricardo, into the wall. McLaren and Daniel saying that it was them doing a particularly extreme experimental setup, not Daniel's fault. Fair enough. I think one of the biggest things coming out of the free practices was that Checo was running really well, especially compared to Max, which was an interesting. Cause mine, Max is, uh, was the reigning winner of the race, so... That was fun. Wouldn't it be nice if Sergio Perez won? <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice? Hmm. Q1. We did have a red flag in Q1. But it was probably very unnecessary. Because that was when, I don't know if you saw it, Yuki bumped the wall slightly. Yeah. A little bit of stuff came off his car. But mm. they red flagged. And ultimately, this ruined Pierre's <laughs> qualifying. <laughs> Because poor Pierre was on a flying lap when that happened. And then after the red flag, he's sort of near the back of the queue for coming back out again. And he was legit 
maybe less than a meter from the line when the checkered flag went like that's so annoying so close but it did ruin and it's a shame because i think pierre i i remember them saying and i might have this wrong but he's only ever qualified before this year's race p7 or higher at monaco and then this time he's on q1 frustrating interesting as well that that whole reg flag was initiated by a marshal so obviously that marshal Mm. must have felt the need but instead of it being from the race director it was a marshal and then obviously it had to escalate but interesting yeah Yeah. while we're talking about marshals actually i was watching some i think it was f2 but it had to have been f2 that was the only leader series uh they had during i don't know if it was during qualifying or the race i think it was qualifying they had a marshal cam and like there was a marshal that had like a little camera in his helmet which i thought was super cool what did it show you like footage from the marshal just like standing at the side of the track or was it footage of him say if there was an incident of him like or she or her or they running them onto the, <laughs> or them <laughs> running onto the track to like do their marshalling no it was them at the side of the track but like it was like from their helmet like it was their viewpoint so it's like it's like if you had a spectator almost but there were there were some incidents in in f2 as well so maybe that's something that we'll see in f1 maybe they were trialing it see i i think it would be cool i think i mean I, i do think it'd be cool We've had our fair share of bizarre F1 shots lately with the drone footage and everything, so at least a Marshall cam is not as outrageous <laughs> as what we've seen lately. Yeah, anyway. exactly. I also, <laughs> Q1 is my first note of the TV direction is so bad. Because it was. This weekend, it, it last weekend, it was. Like... There was a red flag. No one knew it was Yuki that caused a red flag for a long time. Because nothing, like, they didn't even show the debris. Like, and I think in general. And I know it, it, I just don't get why everyone don't sort of forcibly be like, we will control the TV direction for Monaco. Because Monaco and Net, they're just not good at it. (laughs) No. It's not like F1 are great at it either. (laughs) And then it led to the whole... Daniel and McLaren fiasco. That exploded. Yeah, exactly as well. Blow um, That was in the FP2 thing, wasn't it? Where it was like, yeah. it seemed like they were more... Because what was it? It was like, it's a car okay, Daniel. And then... Yeah, that was the first was like, thing after the I'm incident. okay. Don't know about the car. Because what had... Ha- and what it seemed like was that they didn't... Like, they were more interested in how the car was. But what had actually happened, and if they played more of the radio, you probably could have got it, was that they didn't see, because of <laughs> the TV hadn't gone to it yet, <laughs> they didn't see that Daniel had crashed. They just had data that the car was a bit weird. Yeah. But yeah, Monaco. You know who else had really bad luck in Q1? Joe Guanyu. He had really bad luck. I can't remember why. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's just like when he did his flying lap, and I think it was similar to Pierre almost, because I remember he was like two two whole seconds plus off of um, P one, which is in qualifying. That's a big, 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 big gap. Was He's it, not. or was he two seconds off P nineteen? I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember. It was a while ago. He's not been having a fun time recently. (laughs) No, he's not. He's been so unlucky. Ridiculously so. Joe has not had a chance. Yeah, he hasn't had a chance to show how well he's doing. And when Valtteri's doing so well in comparison, like, it makes Joe Guanyu look not great. But we have to keep in mind he's DNF'd in two races through no fault of his own. Got very, very unlucky in Monaco. I feel like the success of Bottas as well is making people overlook what's happening at Alpha with Joe. I feel like if 
Bottas wasn't as if Bottas wasn't doing as well, a lot of people would be holding the team. They'd be giving a lot more slack than what they're getting. Mm, yeah, exactly. And we've got to remember, he is the only rookie on the grid this season. So here's to a positive second half of the season. <laughs> <laughs> so out in Q1, Alex Albon, Pierre Gasly, Lance Stroll, another person that got very unlucky. Nicholas Latifi and Joe Guanyu. Q2, I don't have any notes, so pretty normal. Out in Q2, Sonoda, Bottas, Magnussen, Ricardo, Schumacher. You know what that means? Sebastian Vettel into Q3. Wow, well done. And then in Q3, we got the fun, the little shindig of. Sergio, pa- it was it was quite funny to watch actually, because we see Charles going into the tunnel, and you just see at the bottom of the shot Sergio Perez just sliding <laughs> across the track into the wall, and it's like they went away, and it was like no 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 come back come back. <laughs> but so we have Sergio Perez goes into the the barrier. Carlos signs who's going around the corner doesn't have time to properly react to the the red flag and stuff so tries to break ends up sliding into Perez and then you get Max Verstappen turning up to it like what's going on at the same time as this happens they cut to Fernando Alonso who in a different part of the track has also gone into the wall (laughs) so um it's just a mass pilot that was fun (laughs) Max got very angry on the radio a bit sus really because he was like oh they shouldn't be able to do that I don't know. It's up to interpretation. Was he accusing his teammate, who was in a better position than him, of purposely crashing? I doubt it, because why would you purposely crash under the budget cap? But and I also, don't know. Charles was on an absolute stormer of a lap. Like if he was able to oh finish gosh, that, yeah. that would have been monumental. <laughs> so there is no been. doubt that he was getting pole. Whatever happened. Yeah, exactly. Um, like Max, because Charles was setting purple sectors. Max was setting green, so maybe P two or P three could have been achievable. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. Monaco people crash at Monaco. It doesn't mean that they've done it on purpose. If it benefits them, but maybe they did. Who knows? <laughs> but top ten: Leclerc, Sainz, Perez, Verstappen, Norris, Russell, Alonso, Hamilton, Vettel, Ocon. Lewis Hamilton, again, getting unlucky. He just <laughs> he just can't catch a break. Cause he got he got done in by the red flag, and then I think he had traffic on his first flying lap. And hopefully Lewis will get some luck soon, because I'd quite like him to do well at the British GP. <laughs> but interestingly enough, we've got Ferrari front row lockout, and Sergio Perez beat Max Verstappen in qualifying, which isn't a usual occurrence yet it's not a usual occurrence yet it's karma for Mm. Barcelona (laughs) karma (laughs) wouldn't it be nice if surely they're not going to let Sergio Perez win after what happened in Spain hmm so get to the race they do the they do the national anthem all that Martin Brundle back to doing the grid walk now, what do we think about celebrities refusing to do interviews on the grid walk? I hate it. It's but just... <sighs> there should... I mean, I didn't watch the grid walk and um, I refuse to watch the clips because it's just so awkward. <laughs> but yeah, I understand that they want the celebrities there. Often they're there for sponsorship reasons and, you know part of the spectacle but if they're on the grid I feel like there just needs to be some clarification like if they want to be on the grid and don't want to answer questions then Martin should know not to approach these celebrities like do they need to tell Martin look these celebrities won't be answering your questions so just avoid them or but is then it how a case? Do they know? Exactly. Or is it a case of? Because 
if there's going to be celebrities on the grid, the celebrities have to be told that if they are approached, they must answer questions. Yeah, because my thing is, right, these teams will invite them, probably for publicity for the team, right? Mm-hmm. But if a celebrity's not going to say anything, what's the, like, do you get what I mean? Like, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> because, like, most of the time, if they don't say anything as well, they don't know anything about F1. Like, that's what I gather anyway. That's what it feels like when they don't answer questions. It, it's a lot of the time it's because they don't know. And so it just feels a bit like, what, what's, the point, what's the point in inviting them there if they're not going to say anything? I know. And I feel like this just happens so often that there needs to be some kind of decision made. Martin needs to be told just maybe to stop approaching the celebrities and just stick to team personnel and drivers on the grid or if I think it's just when you're a fan of the sport it's often just like a bit frustrating because it's like so many of these Grand Prix are like unaccessible to the average person and then it feels like and I know it doesn't necessarily mean this but it's just a sort of natural reaction when someone won't answer the questions or any of that it feels like oh they're just there because they like they don't care about being there for the sport they're not maybe appreciating it which I don't know but your natural reaction is one of just that it it feels unfair (laughs) and because when is an average person ever going to get the opportunity to stand on an F1 grid moments before the start of a race? That's something that money doesn't necessarily buy. <laughs> so it's just, exactly. it is frustrating. But can we talk about F1 celebrity king, Patrick Dempsey? <gasps> I was going to... I was going to call him a DILF, but then I was like, that's probably not appropriate. <laughs> ah, well, we'll call him a DILF. Go on, then. Um, <laughs> Go on, then. <laughs> I, he's just incredible. His racing knowledge, his passion for racing, his enthusiasm. He can come to every Grand Prix. <laughs> also, Kit, 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 I will pronounce it properly <laughs> the problem is right yorkshire accent you don't pronounce a lot of t's in like the middle or at the end of words but often it makes it just hard to understand because if i go kit then it, it it's like some people don't understand that what i'm trying to say is kit 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 k-i-t kit harrington aka john, john snow yeah that's John Snow. <laughs> John Snow. He his brother is actually like a Red Bull mechanic. No way. And so he was there chatting away as well. No Which, way. Which like you can tell that it's another person who's a genuine fan of the sport. Um and he said, you know, when he was younger he did like karting and stuff and it's just, you know what, it's nice to hear those celebrities like they're actual fans and they can appreciate what's going on but I don't know at the end of the day it's not a big deal but it's just a bit frustrating as a fan and it's cringe to watch it's just really cringy <laughs> yeah right <sighs> okay the time has started we're still on zoom by the way um we don't we're not prepared enough or organized people that we go the day before oh maybe we should sort out discord or something we, we we get to recording and we go ah, can't be bothered we'll just do zoom so we're still on the countdown now do we you know what let's talk about just before the race okay lined up on the grid starts tipping it down very rare very rare very for rare. monaco but it happened and the start was well, it was sort of this weird, like, they gave the teams time, they had to give them extra time because they had to put different tyres on, and then the race control forced it to be, like, a safety car start, extreme wet start, where everyone had to go on the extreme wet tyres. Problem is, right, the spray is still a problem, 
And it feels like whenever we get to a point where wet tyres are needed, it's hard to do anything because at that point there's just too much spray and not enough visibility. What's the point of the wet tyres? <laughs> they exist for a spa-like scenario where the F1 cars do two laps and call it a day. <laughs> yeah, behind the safety car. Thank God they changed the rules on that, though. Oh, my God. I, sorry, I'm just thinking about Spa now and just how <laughs> insane that was. I was, though. During, like, literally, it's... Okay, change the tyres, and then they bought the start. We're going in, and it's raining. I'm just thinking, this this is Spa all over again. Oh, my gosh. Because, what, it, it would, like, clear up, and then it would start raining again. And I, it was like an hour before they started again. It's just, a, it's just, I remember watching it, I'm just sat there going, please, please don't be spa. Please don't be spa. It wasn't spa, thankfully. But it was still frustrating. And there was a while where it was like, they could start again now, why are they waiting? But they're the reasons. Apparently, as well, they didn't, because they could have started when it was dry, it did start raining. But apparently it wasn't, it might not have been because they are anticipating the rain, but because there was actually a power outage. Which you could tell with the commentators there was, because they said that their screens weren't showing anything, and it might have affected the starks, like the lights and everything. So that might have been the thing. Okay, we've got just under six minutes left before we get kicked out of this call. What do we do? Do you, want, Debate club? do you want me to fire some questions this week? Oh, okay, go for it, go for it, that's exciting. Let me quickly write debate questions for friends. These are not fun. Oh, would you rather be the superhero or the sidekick? Oh, the, the superhero, because like the sidekick is the one that gets killed for the plot. So, like, I feel like I've got more plot armour if I'm the actual superhero. They can't kill me off because... At least for, like, a few... For a few movies. Then they might as, like, a shock, but... Is Coca-Cola better than Pepsi? 100%. <laughs> Diet, to be specific. Diet Coca-Cola is my blood. <laughs> Are books better than movies? Uh, I think it depends on the book and the movie because there's some shocking movies and there's some shocking books is cheerleading a sport? Uh, well they have cheerleading competitions so I guess so but then if you say cheerleading's a sport it depends on whether or not you think competitive dance is a sport but who am I to judge? I don't care, call it what you want do nursery rhymes contain hidden messages? <laughs> I mean, some of them do. <laughs> some of them don't. Which is the one that's about the plague? Um, the, the, ring a ring of roses. Uh, ring a ring of roses. Some of them do. Some of them probably don't. Like, old MacDonald had a farm. He just he just has a farm. Okay. There's a genie. Okay. Is it fair or right? to ask a genie for infinite wishes as one of your free wishes oh yeah yeah of course it's fair alright if you're smart enough to, to ask that then could that be like quite a bad thing though like infinite wishes that... well like if, if someone like Hitler got it then yeah <laughs> but like if I got it what would you like, wish I'm sure for? that would be fine. World peace. <laughs> Monaco tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Two very different answers. <laughs> well, um, what else would I ask for? <laughs> Probably McDonald's. <laughs> so extravagant. I'd say... I'd say I'd say my second wish, my first wish would be infinite wishes, and my second wish would be can my mate Chloe have infinite wishes? <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> um, okay. Would you rather be a ninja or a pirate? 
ninja. It says I've got less than a minute, so this could cut out. I don't know if yours is. Oh, more. what mine's mine's just under two minutes. Oh, how exciting! <laughs> um, are hot dogs sandwiches? Well, <laughs> by definition, if you gave an objective definition of a sandwich as two bits of bread with something between it, then yes, it would fall into that category. But in reality, if someone said, oh, I'm going to... Like, because you, you have sausage sandwiches, and that's not a hot dog. So realistically, if someone said, oh, I'm having a sandwich, what are you having? A hot dog. You'd be like, you'd think they're a bit weird. You'd think they're a bit weird. It's like the whole... You would. Is a Jaffa cake a cake or a biscuit? It's, it's neither. A cake. It's, it's a not Jaffa a biscuit. Cake. But I wouldn't say it was a cake. A cake. You can eat it along with biscuits, but it, it's its own entity, it's its own beast. Oh, some of these are so bad. Is it better to be TikTok famous or Instagram famous? I feel like t- Instagram, because you get more TikTok, you have to have more ideas. Also, I feel like the perks with Instagram are better, like the brand deals and whatnot, but TikTok is where the vibes are at. Like, if you're big on True. TikTok... You're just chilling. Like Binley Mega Chippy. <laughs> They're rolling in it. Oh, she's gone. You know what's up, Chloe first. Unless you don't know what's up, then I'm separating mine and Chloe's audio so the next few minutes of podcast are actually bearable. Also, fun fact, elephants can't jump. What unfulfilled lives they must lead. Right, it's cut out. It cut out on Bingley Mega Chippy out of all things. <laughs> um, oh, what kind of music shall we insert this week? This could be a bit difficult for Rachel trying to find copyright free music. Is classical going to bring the tone down a bit? What about hip hop? I'll leave it up to Rachel. She can insert either classical hip-hop or we'll just go for the standard elevator music how dare you force me to make this decision chloe out of outrage you're getting the christmas music you were gonna get beethoven but no you only went and made me make a decision fun fact platypuses don't have stomachs okay let me invite her i do apologize this will be the last time this happens um okay invitation has been sent there we go um so what should we talk yes bingley mega chippy located in coventry super fantastic fish and chip shop if you haven't heard about it learn about it um we love fish and chips more specifically battered sausage now fish and chips shop sausages they are the forbidden meat i don't know what are in them but they are so good if you're not getting a battered sausage at the chippy what are you getting I mean, hopefully not fish. I don't like fish. My god, she's taking a while to show up. What if I've not sent the email to the right address? Oh. Well, this is fun. Um. Bingley Mega Chippy. Oh, she's here, thank God. Beep boop beep. Rachel time. Fun fact, koalas have distinguishable fingerprints. Um, God, what did I talk about this week? Um, it was my birthday a few days ago. So I'm, I'm 22 now, but I'm not entirely sure how that happened. 
because I think like the last three years of where it's been COVID have just meshed into one. So I'm pretty sure I'm still like 18, 19, but I'm not like, but time is kind of a construct. Like someone just decided, okay, every time we go around the sun, that's a specific amount of time. Like someone could just realistically change what time is. But who who would do that? Like, if someone wanted to do that, how would they go about doing that? Like, cause surely you can't just go to the United Nations and be like, "Hey, I think time should be different." Who? Wonder. I wonder how quickly people decided to go with the idea of time. Huh. The existential. You know what is kind. Of, uh, is this? I don't. Well, it's not existential, but it makes me feel the same way existential stuff does. Do you ever think about how deep the ocean is? Like, it's like there's bits of the ocean that we don't even know about because it's so deep. Like, if you just held a weight, you'd just keep going. It's kind of terrifying. In the same vein, like, do you ever think about how big space is? Like, it's like we can't even comprehend it with our tiny human brains. Like, it's it's so big. Ah, uh, let's click on the. But uh, space is uh, What if aliens are real? Like, really intelligent. I don't know. Let's just get let's just get back to the podcast. Let's just get back to it. Hello. <laughs> that was painful. Yes, slightly. <laughs> I am I'm in a different place to where I was before that break started. <laughs> I'm not good on my own. <laughs> I'm not I shouldn't be left alone. That was horrific. <laughs> just generally. <laughs> Yeah, but it's for the best. Anyway, I would love if one if one day we would just start talking about the exact same thing. <laughs> um, like we're you just never saying know. the same things. You don't. I mean, I mean somehow you don't I doubt know. it this time. Anyway, it's the race. <laughs> it's the so race. eventually, the race started, and we all knew that it was going to be a matter of who changes tyre at the right time like it was going to be a big strategy race because it was wet to dry first changes were came from the back which you'd expect so I think was it Pierre did Pierre and Lance have a little coming together or was it two separate things or did Pierre not have a coming together I don't know I think I think Nicholas Latifi and Lance Stroll had a bit of damage from like the formation laps that came in and just changed to winters then I don't think Pierre Gasly also came in. I don't think he had damage, but he put inters on. When Lunch Stroll and Nicholas Satifi came in, they almost came together. That was stressful. I think people forgot that that happened. We almost we almost had the Canadians just... It was literally like... I think the one behind, which I'm going to assume was Lance, was coming out as Latifi was coming in. I don't think it got picked up by the stewards or anything, but it felt like it should have been an unsafe release because it was very close but anyway i i know i know they're both canadian but in my head <laughs> i've never put them together as canadians together <laughs> does that make sense <laughs> it kind of does like it, you know they're both canadian but it doesn't feel like they're from the same country it doesn't it doesn't feel like they both <laughs> come from canada they're just like a pairing that you just wouldn't pair together. Has there ever been any Latifi straw content? No. <laughs> I don't think so. Which is so bizarre because like usually drivers from the same company company <laughs> Same company? Country. Company. 
country. They're working in the office together. <laughs> at the cubicles. Usually. Uh, get, a, get, a, get a coffee. Lean over. <laughs> so, weather's, uh, weather's <laughs> wet. <laughs> With the exception of perhaps Gasly and Ocon, usually get on <laughs> quite well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of, was it like the... It, oh, it was some kind of event. They're at the Cannes... And they're both in the Cannes Film Festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where they're both, like, taking a picture in the same group, but then both of them cropped the other one out when they posted it to Instagram. (laughs) Oh, it's petty and I love it. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So funny. But yeah, so Pierre Gasly comes in, put into Zon, and he is immediately blasting away. And we get we get actual over we got actual overtakes at Monaco and more than just one. <gasps> no way. Madness. <laughs> Pierre Gasly goes round Joe Guanyu. Pierre Gasly goes round Daniel Ricardo. Mad. So we also have I, I have a couple of notes on Carlos Sainz with perhaps what was the save of the season when he wobbled and managed to get straight. Which but then Joe Guanyu later on trying to top it when he goes down to overtake Yuki Tsunoda he fully just like wobble, like turns like that and manages to get it back on I mean he went straight at the chicane but he goes on the radio saying <laughs> I think I need new pants after that which yeah maybe do I think the biggest thing here is we have to think of when the Red Bulls and Ferrari started getting their strategy going so I don't remember the exact laps because I don't have notes on it, but I think Perez was the first one in to go on to Inters. And he's storming away. Now what Ferrari should have done at this point was either immediately brought someone in to cover him or just not. Because <laughs> the thing is, you've got Carlos on the radio saying, look, I think it's going to be straight to slick soon. And, you know, you've got the driver who's actually like judging the conditions, who's driving it. And so Carlos is like, look, I don't want to come in. I'm pretty sure Charles said after that he didn't want to, but I think I I was discussing this with you near the time. I wonder if Charles has more trust in the team than Carlos. So obviously I don't know exactly what radio happened at the time with Charles, but when they said call him in for inters, he trusted them more than his own judgment. Because, you know, at the moment, Ferrari is Charles Leclerc. And he's been with them a while, and, you know, he hasn't had many terrible experiences, I don't think, in terms of strategy. Like, I think Seb probably got it more Yeah. before. But so Charles came in for Inters, and then it wasn't long after when it was Slick's condition. I think Max came in for Inters at some point, probably to cover Charles. But Carlos stayed out until he could put Slicks on. So they came in for Slicks first, I think. <laughs> and you have the moment where Ferrari tells Charles to come into pit after Carlos has come in. And then immediately tell him, stay out, obviously because the double stack. A, the double stack is not good and there wasn't a good enough gap between him and Carlos. And B, because I'm pretty sure at this point the overcut was the better strategy, like a slight overcut. But by the time they told Charles, no, 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 stay out, he was already turned in to the pits. And Charles got very, very angry on the radio, which isn't the normal driver that you'd hear getting angry on the radio. And he was angry. And that was the moment, really, where Charles' race was not ruined obviously because he still came forth but he he could he could have won he this was won. the closest he's been to winning the monaco gp and i mean i mean that's not a <laughs> he could have come like 15th and it would be the closest he's been <laughs> to winning the monaco gp <laughs> um it's just frustrating like it is i feel like any other track it would have been obviously frustrating but Monaco just felt 
like a knife to the chest a punch a punch to the gut a punch to the gut oh dear maybe but next year maybe next year will be yeah. charles's year <laughs> part of me thinks that I that just, is i just not feel gonna like happen. it's <laughs> never gonna happen like it's just not meant to be but whilst we condemn ferrari for their strategy let's praise red bull for theirs red bull did get it right in comparison also i mean of course they they didn't get one two but part of that i think was carlos almost taking charge and being like look i'm I'm staying out i think which good for him (laughs) red bull's main strategy person i think it's hannah schmitz she's smashing it bossing it she is absolutely because that's it at the moment red bull are just ferrari like what is so frustrating to watch because i'm really like the strategy was terrible at monaco it was terrible and you can see like there's not drivers don't often blame the team if they don't do as well as they wanted because of morale and stuff but after the race like Charles was so dejected and like he was saying he was basically saying that yeah the team is the team's fault because Charles could have could have won could have won yeah I think I mean it was also the strategy was also helped by the fact that Mick Schumacher did have a very big crash which is another point that has to be made because Mick Schumacher during the race big crash car splits in half which is what it's supposed to do in a big crash situation since um, Roman Grosjean's crash I think it's that they want to make sure that the fuel isn't near the driver Yeah. so they want to make it so the back half of the car splits off but this is Mick's second like major major crash of the season and he's had the two biggest crashes and we're not even halfway through the season no we're seven races we're only about a third not even that into the season of the 22 races and not 23 anymore because Sochi is not being replaced but oh god I want Mick to do well so bad I really do but this isn't even this isn't even and I know that Latifi's had a few crashes but they haven't been as major as these ones you just think about in the way of talking about Latifi Mick isn't having a much better season I know Nicholas is down in P20 but Mick hasn't got any points yet and he has these two major crashes yet people talk about Latifi very negatively not that I think they shouldn't because his driving this season has been bad but don't give that same energy to Mick and let's remember, Latifi did get points last season. Like, it's not even... The, it, the has is a midfield car <laughs> this season. Like, And it's just, oh, I've just... I want him to do well so bad, but this is a matter of has literally can't afford for a, drive, a driver that's going to have these major crashes. They can't afford it. I think his only saving grace is his Ferrari link. I think without that, it, things could be very different. But And his name. And his name. But it'll be interesting to see how the rest of this season's going to play out for him. If this carries yeah. on, I hope it doesn't. But if it does, I don't think his future's looking great in the sport. Yeah, because it is a matter of has could get to a point where they can only run one car. Literally. That because is, of money. Yeah. And, you know, if you're picking who's driving, are you picking the guy with points who hasn't had a major crash? (laughs) Or the guy with no points who's had two? (laughs) And also, Mick isn't contracted in for next season yet, so... I don't know, I just... I want him to do... And I don't... Because he seems like a lovely lad. And it it would be a shame, but... At the end of the day, he's just... He's not doing that well (laughs) this season he just isn't and the way that people slander drivers like Lance Stroll and you think yeah but at least he's driving I'm not saying anyone should be slandering anyone heavily but 
you can see the sort of hypocrisy in what's happening. His cause isn't helped by the fact that this season he's been teamed up with Kevin Magnuson, who has stepped in the car after very little time and to get adjusted to it and everything and is outperforming Mick in every possible way. Last season it was his it was Mick's rookie season alongside Nikita Mazepin. So I don't know. A lot of people excused his errors last year, but this year it's mm. Well I'm pretty sure as well, even though Nikita was worse and the qualifying gap and the race pace gap was massive, Mick did cause again more damage like they had to pay more for to repair mix car than they did nikita's um and i i think again bringing it back to the tv example like you you just got to compare in the sense of okay rookie seasons both in really bad cars and also you've got to think about nicholas tv's rookie season was major covid lockdown which probably had an effect and so this i think you can compare them quite well in a way yeah coming into the season because they've both gone from terrible cars which couldn't compete at all and the williams last season wasn't even that good no like the has this season is better than the williams last season but then you've got latifi scored points and did get up there like and it's not even like hungary where people go well there was a big crash and i can accept that but monza nicholas latifi he didn't score points there but he would have if it wasn't for the Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen causing the safety car, by the looks of things. And on but the st- maybe, maybe Mick just needs a few more races and he'll be right as rain. On the topic of Latifi, did you hear the radio of his engineer oh <laughs> telling Nicholas yes. to follow Alex because maybe you could learn something? You know what? It, it's it was harsh but necessary. Although, can we just say, the Williams lads in the race both had stinkers. Oh, yeah. They both had absolute stinkers. Both of them um, <laughs> ended up getting in the way of both the Ferrari drivers' outlaps after they had pitted, which literally Carlos could have won, Charles could have been on the podium. Like, literally, you watch the footage and it's like, blue flag, blue flag, blue flag, blue flag frustrating both of them went into the runoff but i don't know if the williams car was just apart from the blue flag thing thing obviously that's their problem but i don't know if the williams just could not get around monaco because they both had really not good races (sighs) anyway where where are we lewis and esteban lewis was trying to get past esteban they had two incidents right but the TV didn't show one of them, and that was the one where Esteban got a penalty, five-second penalty. So it's an interesting to look back at, because a lot of people think that it was the first incident that we saw where Lewis was going to overtake round the bend, and Esteban sort of didn't give him much space. But it was the one that he got penalised for, we think, was when they were going up the start-finish straight. Lewis tries to go up the inside of Esteban, Esteban just pushes him into the wall. And that is pretty slam dunk to me because <laughs> he just pushed him into the wall. And then that brings us to Alpine Fernando Alonso's exploits after the red flag. WTF. That was painful to watch. It was shocking. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously you know what's happening, but in case anyone didn't doesn't know, <laughs> Fernando Alonso drove about three seconds off the pace of the cars in the front group if you were and was holding back Lewis until Esteban caught up and basically the rest of the people behind caught up so two two points about this do we think that he would have done that if it was anyone but Lewis Hamilton behind him genuinely (laughs) (laughs) because Fernando Alonso becomes a defensive god when he's defending from Lewis. <laughs> like, it, like, it is mad. I mean, Monaco, obviously, it's hard to overtake in Monaco. Especially when you're all on the same slick tyres and the conditions are better. But it is like, you watch and you go, 
my guy, what are you doing? The the funny thing about it though is it kind of ruined Esteban's <laughs> race. Oh yeah. Because by doing so, not only did Esteban caught catch up to Lewis and Fernando in front, but the cars behind, so Bottas, Vettel, etc., etc., caught up to the back of that train. And with Esteban's five second penalty, he had to like he had to be more than five seconds in front of the, of the person behind him, which I think was Bottas. But because Fernando had backed everyone up, he couldn't do that. Because eventually, I think as well, I think what also happened was that out of annoyance, I don't know if it was out of annoyance and them just like, well, we're not going to get past Fernando, so screw it. Lewis started backing up Esteban after Fernando started going fast and I'm like it kind of do deserve it (laughs) (laughs) oh dear but yeah that that's one of the problems it's one of the problems with Monaco because you can do that yeah like you can't really do that anywhere else because people can get like if you're going that slowly people will get around but in Monaco you can literally just back everyone up if you want to it's Monaco for yeah but yeah, after the red flag, we at the front had Checo, then Carlos, then Max, then Charles, and Checo actually had a really big lockup at the sort of first lap after the red flag, and I think someone figured out that it was because there was a bird on the track. <laughs> like, literally, Checo being kind to animals, I mean, I think one of the Red Bulls did actually kill a bird in free practice <laughs> earlier, but Checo being kind to animals almost cost him the win. <laughs> King of nature. Because <laughs> his his tyres were not happy after that, but you know what? King of the animals, king of the animal kingdom, Sergio Perez. I'm thinking like Lion King. I'm thinking Rafiki. He's holding up Sergio Perez. <laughs> He's holding him up, and you've got all the mechanics and the drivers and the engineers stood below. <laughs> Uh, what an no, image imagine Sergio Perez's head <laughs> on baby Simba's body <laughs> imagine it that's an edit waiting to happen and instead, <laughs> instead of the circle of life in the background <laughs> it's the um, F1 theme tune uh, flute version <laughs> oh dear <laughs> Max can be Nala <laughs> Who's Rafiki then in that situation? <laughs> Who's a. I don't know, who would Rafiki be? Can it be Ted Kravitz? I don't know why. <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, so you had Checo, Carlos, Max, Charles, and they were pretty close together and. They were getting. Carlos was getting really close up of Checo, and Max was getting close for Carlos and Charles because of Checo's tyres. But ultimately, at the end of the day, Monaco being Monaco, none of them did any overtakes, and Sergio Perez came home to win the 2022 Monaco Grand Prix. Love that for him. Um, Revenge of the Checo. And now there's only six points. After Spain. Six points between Max yeah. and Checo in the driver's standings. No, it's six points but six points between Charles and Checo. Oh. And, but it's 15 points between... Still, 15 points isn't much. No. In the grand scheme of things. But this puts... Checo is a title contender. But is Red Bull going to allow... Checo every opportunity to capitalise on that. <laughs> yeah. Are, are they going to let them fight, especially when it comes to Baku? Because I think no. Red Bull are about to be having some flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, Checo being in title contention, look, we'll see how it goes because if Sergio Perez winning this season is the outcome that very few expected, but we would all love, I think. He also had a very wild night. To which I've just noticed. Oh my gosh! Um, he's actually just published a statement on his Instagram. Has he? Yeah. Is this about him and the video? Yeah. Of the, the, him and the girl. Yeah. Oh my god! Let's wait. Let's 
Give me a second. It's on his story. You're going to have to... Tr- I've translated it. You're going to have to translate it, though. Ahem. <clears throat> I have seen the videos that have been circulating about me, and I take responsibility for it. It was a bad party that I couldn't control the height of the person I am, but it was only that a very bad party. The people close to me know my values and the kind of person I am. For those who ask me, we are closer than ever, my wife and I, and for those who only want to hurt us, I wish them the best. Thank you for all your love and I apologise to all those people who love me because those videos don't represent me at all. Won't talk about the topic anymore. (laughs) Just makes us forget the great time we are living as a family. Thank you. I love how he's like, he draws the line. He's like, we're not talking about it anymore. Guys. Monaco after party. The rumours. Well, he... Insane. He has come out with this ahead of the press conference, I think, just as a... (laughs) No one's asking me about this, if you we're not dare. Talk- we're not talking about it. We are not talking about it. Those rumours are insane, and it's just like... It's so can we not, bizarre. Can we just leave them? Like, can we just leave... Like, I don't mind the funny rumours, like, Charles and Pierre are pregnant. Like, that that's <laughs> funny. But, like, when can we not, like, delve into people's actual relationships Literally. and... They're people. They're, they're they personal are lives. They're private business. That's not for people to speculate about. Um, I just find it a bit bizarre. The amount of... Like... Like, people are entrenched in this gossip. And I'm like... That's what... I'm like, why... Just go outside. Touch grass. <laughs> Touch grass. You know. Go go on a walk. Go find, go find something to do. Go for a meal. Give someone a hug. Like, surely there must be things that are better than... I... Watch a reality show. Love Island's starting soon. Like, they're putting, they're putting their drama on show. Oh my god, Love Island's starting soon. Do you watch Love Island? Uh, sometimes. I'm not, like, every night, but... Hmm. I sort of, like... I think there was one season that I watched, but mostly it's just there's enough stuff on, like, Facebook yeah, and TikTok. Yeah, you kind of get the gist of what's going on. You don't really on. have to watch it. I, whenever I think about Love Island, it stresses me out because we are an age where we could go on Love Island, right? Oh my god. There is, I think, a 19... There's oh, someone there's who has born just in, turned this 19. This girl born in 2003. 2003. She's younger, she's younger than my younger sister. Like, Don't get me wrong. Like, once you're past 18, you are an adult. But I feel like to go on a show such as Love Island... I feel like there should be an age limit of at least 21. Mm, 21. 21. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> What's an <nine> plus 10? <laughs> I don't know. I just... It's just a bit... Uh, but I always get so stressed, the idea of going on it. And it's not like I would ever apply. It's just I think about the fact that I'm old enough and then I'm like, oh my god, that sounds like the worst thing I could do. And that's no hate to people that do it. I just... The idea of me going on it I couldn't do it. Awful. No. No. (laughs) Anyway. Not that they would have us on anyway. (laughs) What are you trying to say? (laughs) Gorgeous ladies. (laughs) Gorgeous. Gorgeous. I'd have to get a fake tan, probably. No, I can't be dealing with that. Yeah, I think I'm too white. I mean, like you... the problem. My problem is right. I'd have to sit in the shade the whole time. Also, because I'm I'm pasty white. <laughs> they never wear clothes. I would be sat in clothes the exactly. whole time. That's that's it. I'd be sat in like an old t-shirt, these like cargo shorts I've had since I was about fifteen, and a bucket, bucket hat. <laughs> but like not even a cool bucket hat or t-shirt, like the beige Lanzarote bucket hat that I got on holiday like three years ago. Because it's the only one that fits my head. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> Top ten. <laughs> it was Sergio. Mm. Yeah, it was Carlos. Shaco, then Carlos. He wasn't very happy. Although, can we, can we, let's go, let's stop at Carlos for a second. Ferrari have not celebrated this podium at all. Like, they have not given him props for this podium. Oh god, we're gonna have to speed through. We've only got ten minutes. <laughs> like, and it's just frustrating. And I know they got everything wrong, but Carlos still got second place. Mm-hmm. 
is that not something to be celebrated? <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> <sighs> Third place was Max. Max. Fourth place was Charles, the first time he's ever finished at Monaco. Bit of a shame that it was sort of a bit of a... He finished, but... Uh, mm. Uh. Mm. Fifth? Lando was fifth, right? Yeah, I think. No, was George fifth? Yeah. I can't remember. Yes. Yeah, I think I think it was George, then Lando, because Lando was able to pit because of Fernando holding up the pack. So I think it was George fifth, Lando sixth. Yeah, because George is still top five. Okay. Lando sixth, Fernando seventh, Lewis eighth, and then because of Esteban's penalty, I think it was Valtteri ninth and Sebastian tenth. Sebastian Vettel points. Love to see it. Right. We promised we'd chat about Baku. <laughs> Wait, before we chat about Baku, um, well done to Marcus Ericsson for winning the Indy 500. So true. And he is also he's also currently leading the IndyCar standing, so that's great. He did really well considering as well there was a red flag near the end and they had like a two lap shootout and Pato Award was down his neck, but Marcus Ericsson managed to do it. Shout out to him. Brilliant Lovely stuff. Baku to Baku. Baku to Baku. I'm gonna blow through the main events that happened last year because last year Baku was very exciting <laughs> so <laughs> last year Sergio Perez I just have Mark Webber's scream <laughs> in my head <laughs> it was Sergio Perez's first ever win in F1 secured Baku no it wasn't no it wasn't was it not? think, think think it was his first one with Red Bull his first with Red it. Bull yeah but um <laughs> not, oh, sorry do you not remember secure Chloe <laughs> um, <laughs> um that was only because Max had a huge tyre failure massive crash that was it because remember Lance had had one yeah. earlier in the race and then Pirelli you know, were in the bad books. Red Bull and yeah, Red Bull and sort of saying like on the radio like this, like we need to do something because these tires are not not doing well. But yeah, and that like that red flag led to a one lap one lap shootout, didn't it? Which Lewis Hamilton massively overcooked. <laughs> I think I think Lewis is having nightmares about that still because it looked like at the restart it looked like Lewis was gonna get around mm-hmm. Checo but then brake magic accidentally hitting buttons. Do you buttons. think if that didn't happen how different things could have turned out if he got the points from that race last year that lock up don't cost don't, him the championship don't, <laughs> don't 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 say it don't don't say it but that that one lap shootout because it was that what a mad podium, Sergio Perez, Sebastian Vettel with his technically only podium of the season. Yeah. Although in reality we all know that Hungary should have been. Um, and Pierre Gasly in third. What a podium! Incredible, incredible. Because the Mercedes were having a bit of a not great time. Because remember in qualifying, Valtteri gave Lewis slipstream but then Mercedes wouldn't get Lewis to give it back and then because I think there was a red flag as well in Q1, Q2 and Q3 so madness but we'll see it is you know that big long straight is very important and Red Bull currently I believe are doing the best on the straight so it's quite likely we'll get a Red Bull winning but Baku's always a bit crazy we say will that the, will Red Bull let Checo mm. and Max fight. Is this going to be the year, though, where Baku doesn't live up to Baku? Is this going to be the year that Baku is boring? Do, do, you, do you not believe that we can get Baku to Baku brilliant Bakus? I'm a bit worried about going Baku to Baku, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> Exciting Monaco, bad Baku. Badu Baku. 
We'll soon see, though. <laughs> Some makes sense. Anyway, who do you think's gonna win? Max. See, I'm I'm gonna go Checo because Checo's quite good at Baku. I think historically, he's had a couple of podiums there. Be surprised so. if it was anyone other than a Red Bull, unless yeah, unless. They pull a, yes. a Daniel Ricardo and Mats Verstappen incident. Daniel Ricardo, Max. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting flashbacks. I wasn't even there when it happened, but yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, fingers crossed, it's going to be a madness. Important about next week's podcast episode, Chloe is going to be living it up in sunny, sunny Cornwall. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Fingers crossed, sunny, sunny Cornwall. Yeah. Which means next week it's just going to be me because I'm not missing an opportunity to talk about Baku. It's going to be brilliant Baku, not boring Baku. It'll be brilliant Baku. Brilliant Baku. Brilliant to, brilliant to Baku. Well done, Baku. <laughs> Is there anything else? Not really. Probably Interesting not. that. Um, Red um, F1 the other day posted a graphic on Instagram confirming the contracts who's been confirmed for next year already because it's getting to that oh, yeah, time Sergio of Perez. Year, yeah Sergio Perez big extension for him love that so obviously it's getting to that t- time of year where contracts are being discussed F1 posted who is confirmed obviously Daniel is confirmed for next year interesting how everyone in the comments was like um are we so sure about Daniel bold to assume that there's not going to be some dealings going on there but we will have to wait and see also throw back to that rumor where two drivers are swapping seats mm-hmm we'll see was it just a rumor or will, will something emerge um, yeah, I don't think Daniel's seat's secured, but from what I've heard as well, his op- the option to break the contract is more so on him and his choice than the team's. That's what I've heard. But We'll soon see. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a clause in there saying if he doesn't score enough points or something. There could be that. Wouldn't surprise me. Anyway. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Let's hope for a good backy. Exactly. <laughs> That's it for this episode of The Rookies. What are you talking about next week? <laughs> next week I will be looking back on Baku. Baku on Baku and hopefully it will be a brilliant race. It's my favourite. Let's do it. If you want to keep up to date with the podcast, then make sure to follow us on our socials at The Rookies F1 Podcast on Instagram and at The Rookies F1 on Twitter and YouTube. And make sure to tune in next week, please do, and have a simply lovely day. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> All right. Bye. All right. Bye bye. We'll. I'll see you next week. Chloe will see you in a couple of weeks. We won't see you because this is a podcast, and we can't hear you because you can hear us. Um. Bye. <laughs>